To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin royer Azerland. So I decided to swap these next two episode topics because it just makes more sense to talk about parenting style first, and then in the next episode, discuss positive discipline since it has a strong correlation with parenting style. If you've noticed, I have a bit of a cold this week. All of my parenting listeners out there can relate to kids sharing their germs with us. So I'll share a quick story about that. And if you're bored with my personal anecdote, I won't be the least bit offended if you skip forward to learning about parenting style. But I thought it would be nice to share a little bit of a personal story about my cold woes until you can get to know me a little bit better. So my daughter had this hacking cough for several days, and soon her twin brother got it. But me... I wasn't going to get it because I had a 10K race on the 4th of July. Now, for those of you in the U.S. who don't run, a 10K is 6.2 miles. I get asked that all the time. When someone asks how far the race is and I say 10K, they always ask. And what does that mean in miles? So now you know. So on July 3rd at 7.15 p.m., I signed up for the race. Nothing like waiting until the last minute. I do that just for reasons like this one. But by the time I got home, 15 minutes later, I could feel the cold coming on. And by bedtime, my head was full of junk. I drank hot lemon water and hoped it wouldn't take over my lungs completely by morning. Well, it held off enough that I was able to complete the 10K and even end up with a third place finish in what I call the old lady division. Well, actually, it's the middle-aged lady division, age 45 to 49. 
I did not, however, get that PR. That's a personal record that I was after. I was only about three seconds off, so not bad for racing with a cold. Next time, that PR is mine. Okay, you probably want to know about parenting style, not about my PRs or my weekend warrior activities. So on to parenting style. Research shows that parenting styles significantly influence children in areas such as self-esteem, development of autonomy and initiative, and social skills. Because of this, in my Intro to Discipline class on the website, I have a worksheet for parents who are interested in doing some introspective work about how they were parented and what they would like to do differently and what outcomes they would like to be different with their family. But if you're interested, you can do this on your own without the guidelines from the worksheet. You just sit down and write down what comes to mind about what you liked and didn't like about how you were parented, how it made you feel, how it affected your relationships with your siblings, with your parents, and how you would want those things to be different with your kids. So there are four parenting styles and research has uncovered common patterns of outcomes for each of these. So we'll give an explanation of each style along with the common outcomes for each one. First, what do I mean by parenting style? These are psychological constructs that represent strategies and behaviors when relating to our children. Now that's a mouthful. It's basically taking behaviors in the interactions between parents and children and compartmentalizing them, putting them into these four different buckets, the four styles that I'm about to cover. Now, parents are hardly ever 100% in one style all the time. We move around a bit, but generally we all fall predominantly in one style. The first parenting style I'll cover is authoritarian. Think of this as the 1950s model of parenting. Children should be seen and not heard. Children are not to question, but are to be obedient. This style of parenting is punitive, controlling, low in warmth and responsiveness, demanding and strict, has clear expectations of behavior, clear consequences that are consistently enforced with high expectations. Parents who predominantly use this style rarely engage in respectful communication for explanations of rules, but rather send the rationale of because I said so. Children are expected to conform, be contributing family members, and perform up to their potential. There is no room for compromise, love feels conditional, and fear is what keeps children in line. Now, if you're thinking it doesn't sound all bad, you're right, and I'll talk more about the positives of each of these and how to leverage the positives without the negatives once I cover all four styles. So here are some common outcomes for kids raised with an authoritarian parenting style. Because these children are always told what to do, how to do it, they never get practice at making decisions and therefore never get to learn from mistakes. So they tend to be poor problem solvers, anxious, insecure, self-critical, with low self-esteem. They tend to be passive and score lower on verbal IQ tests. These kids show a lack of verbal reasoning skills, and they may rebel in their teenage years, which makes sense if they're controlled through a fear of physical punishment or being controlled physically once they become bigger and because they're young, they're stronger than their parents, they may use that to rebel. Without having that practice of decision-making, they go out and make a lot of poor choices in the world because they're kind of just let out on a binge to make all kinds of choices, and so they're going to try 
pretty much everything. Girls are at greater risk of abusive relationships as adults. So whether you grew up with a parent who had some authoritarian tendencies or not, you can imagine how afraid you might be to try anything new or make any mistakes if you are consistently punished or chastised for being less than perfect or disobedient. The next style is the permissive style. Now, this is the style that is most common today. Permissive parents are warm, nurturing, and communicative. They have no or very lax boundaries and rules and are unable to take a firm stance. These parents may threaten, but rarely, if ever, follow through. Kids from these homes are overindulged, and many times these parents came from rigid authoritarian backgrounds and fear appearing harsh or fear their children will not love them if they are firm with the rules. They never learned how to lay down rules without the harshness, so they just shy away from it altogether, assuming that it is better than the alternative that they were raised with. In these homes, the balance of power is flipped. The children are in charge most of the time and parents will often plead with their child to comply. For the outcomes, because so little is expected of these kids, they grow into adulthood lacking many basic skills. They tend to have issues with social skills as well. They're unable to cooperate with peers and unable to take direction from adults. Once they are adults themselves, the pattern continues and they have issues with bosses and peers. They lack life skills, responsibility, self-discipline, internal motivation, and emotional regulation. Because of this, they tend to be impulsive and therefore are prone to acting out, which is also part of that social skills piece that they never learned. And overall, they're argumentative. They feel entitled. The world owes me. They're highly dependent on others, which makes sense for someone who lacks their basic life skills. They also are generally seen as lazy. They also can struggle with anxiety and depression and are just generally unhappy adults because they lack self-esteem. A big part of building self-esteem is accomplishment. If a child never really accomplishes much or only accomplishes in one area, but lacks basic life skills, then he's incompetent and he realizes that he's incompetent and may feel like a failure. If you want to learn more about self-esteem, you can go back and listen to the two episodes on self-esteem, the one on praise and what to do instead, and the other one on how to build true self-esteem. The third style is disengaged or neglectful. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, then this is definitely not a style that you fall into. But I have seen some generally warm, well-meaning parents exhibit a few of these traits just very, very rarely from time to time at the end of a long work week or when they're sick or exhausted. I've also had parents who can relate to some of these as a pattern from their own childhood. So it's good to be aware of these for these reasons and be able to address them if needed. And especially if there's any resentments left over, if you experienced any of this from your own childhood. So the neglectful, disengaged parents are parents who are passively unresponsive at best or overtly rejecting at worst. They have inconsistent and erratic discipline styles. The very existence of their children seems to irritate or burden them. So the message of go away, leave me alone is very common. Now, this is a common style in parents with addictions or parents suffering from severe depression or with a personality disorder such as borderline or narcissistic personality disorders. 
As you can guess, the outcomes are not good. These kids are at greatly increased risk for delinquency, drugs and alcohol, early sexual contact and exploitation, and in severe cases, a child can suffer cognitive and or emotional delays. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. ByHeart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. ByHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. As you have probably deduced by now, the fourth style is the one that has the best outcomes and takes the positives of the first two styles, authoritarian and permissive. This style is called democratic or authoritative style. Now, authoritative and authoritarian sound really close together, but this one is the democratic or authoritative style of parenting. Obviously, this is the style I advocate following. Only 10 to 12% of parents fall in this style consistently. It is the most effective in producing well-adjusted, responsible, and happy children and adults. So the traits of this style are the parents are warm and nurturing. They are sensitive to their children's needs and have high expectations for behavior. Clear communication and guidelines. They give explanations and reasons for rules and decisions. They expect responsible and mature behavior. They give children opportunities to make decisions or weigh in. 
They give children choices. They set reasonable limits and follow through consistently. They engage with their children in fun and loving ways. As you would expect, the outcomes are positive. Children feel loved and respected. Children are more cooperative. They have higher self-esteem, internal motivation, problem-solving skills, and it fosters positive relationships and communication between parent and child. And research shows as adults, they tend to be independent, self-controlled, and successful in relationships. Now, I know this is a tall order, and it's not always easy to find that balance of being sensitive to a child's needs while not allowing the child to bowl you over. That takes some practice. And I had an experience with this just last night. Our kids are allowed to get up from the dinner table for two reasons, to get themselves more water or to go to the bathroom. But lately, they've ended up bouncing up and down a lot and taking advantage of this. They stand up to demonstrate something to each other or they see something out the window. It feels like it's getting a little out of control. Now, just for reference, for those who aren't familiar with our family structure, our kids are seven, five, and five right now. So our expectation is that they stay at the table and, as I mentioned, only get up for water or bathroom during the meal. When they are finished, they ask to be excused and take their dishes to the sink. So last night when we were having too much up and down, including someone coming to the door and they all ran over to answer it, I had a conversation about freedom and responsibility. I shared that I wanted them to be able to keep the freedom of getting up for water and bathroom without having to ask permission every single time. But with that freedom comes the responsibility of using it appropriately. And I also told them if we have continued problems, then I will have to take that freedom away for a little while. So basically what will happen from here is I'll give a short reminder tonight before dinner. And if it happens again, it will be the warning. The next time it happens, the offender will lose that privilege for a couple of days. And then we would try again. But all parents understand how kids will push and test the boundaries and that we have to be ready willing and able to set and reestablish those boundaries consistently. Of course, we do that with positive discipline, which I share more about in next week's episode. But if you're interested in learning more about the basics of discipline in general and how and why people respond to different discipline, setting up a solid foundation for discipline in your home, you can see the Intro to Discipline class on the website at yourvillageonline.com. And for listening to this episode, you can use the promo code GOODKIDS. G-O-O-D-K-I-D-S, good kids, one word, for 20% off of any of the discipline classes. So any discipline class will be only $8, the intro to discipline, discipline tools for toddlers, discipline tools for preschoolers, discipline tools for elementary age kids, which is five to 10, or you also can use it for either of the monthly memberships as well. And all of those can be found on the website. Now I got a question last week from Lisa in San Diego. Hi, I have a question that I hope you can answer because it's a bit broad, but here goes. My parents were very harsh with me, so much so that we really don't speak and basically have no relationship whatsoever. I find myself being lenient with my kids a lot. I know that's not the answer and I can see the harm it's doing to them, but I don't want them to be obedient because they're afraid of me like I was with my parents. I don't want them to hate me. How can I mold and influence them without being mean and scary? By the way, my daughter is six and my son is three. 
So Lisa, as you may have now learned, this is a common pattern and one I can relate to myself on some level. I remember when I looked into my newborn son's face and vowed to be a different parent than what I had. But when things came up and I wasn't equipped to know how to handle them, I remember feeling like I was afloat in an ocean in a small canoe with no oars. It was a very scary feeling. And that's when I decided to go back to school for my master's and study psychology and specialize in children and families. Now that's a big, crazy step. And I did that so that anyone else in my situation wouldn't have to do all that because I wanted to help lots of families, not just my own. Now you're right. That is a really big question that would take a really long time to answer. But it sounds like you know that there is a way to do this, that you can be an authority without being a bully. You can be respectful to your children as people and still have expectations of and for them. The next episode on positive discipline will go more into this as well. But discipline does not mean punishment. Discipline comes from the Latin word disciplina, which means to teach and guide. Just like we teach our kids math or basic hygiene, we coach and teach our expectations and rules for behavior, for the way we treat one another and skills that lead our kids towards independence as they age. And positive discipline is a way of doing just that. It's about kindness, yet firmness. Be kind, yet firm. I'll share another quick anecdote of how I used exactly this just last night with our oldest. We had him come in from playing outside with his friends at 8 o'clock. Everyone else was still out, including a good friend who's 6, and Carter is 7. He was having a really hard time understanding why a six-year-old should be allowed out later than a seven-year-old. So I used coaching as my tool. I had to choose my words carefully because our kids have a summer bedtime for two reasons. One, it's easier in the fall when school starts up to get reestablished, but also our kids have swim practice most mornings and have to be up at a specific time. But if I say it's because of swim, then they might begin to resent swimming and we don't want that. So I shared that we have a bedtime in our family so that they can be sure to get enough sleep and so they wouldn't be tired the next day. And when I coach, I like to have my kids answer the questions as much as they possibly can, as much as they're able. So when I asked Carter, why do you think we have these types of rules and boundaries for you? His answer was just to be mean. Now he was mad, obviously. So I just kept trying. Do you really think I make decisions just to be mean? Now this coaching session was probably about 10 to 15 minutes long to get him from a place of anger and resentment to a place where he understood that the rules that we make for our kids are because we love them, that they may not always understand the reasons or agree with them, but that these rules come from a place of love. So I told him that while it's hard now, as a child to accept these rules and reasons that once he's an adult and has learned how to get along well in the world by respecting his own body, meaning needs for sleep and nutrition, along with other rules, that life will be much easier for him than those who never got the opportunity to learn these lessons earlier. And that may sound like a deep conversation to have with a seven-year-old, but I think many times we adults sell children short on their intellect and emotional capacity 
to understand. The more that he hears the messages, the sooner he will absorb them. The best part is not only did he comply and not have a major meltdown or go to sleep angry, he really connected even deeper. There's nothing more powerful than looking your child directly in the eye and saying honestly, I love you. I do this because I love you. Even if you don't understand the why, you need to understand that it's done out of love. Those words are very healing, connecting, and powerful. So Lisa, there are so many tools to pick and choose from for different situations and different kids in order to be able to set boundaries and rules with kindness and respect and follow through. So I strongly recommend that you watch the discipline classes on the website, Intro to Discipline, and then Discipline Tools for Preschoolers for your son, and the Discipline Tools for Elementary Age Kids for your daughter. Now, also the class on tantrums, if you're dealing with those, and temperament may also be very helpful as well. Temperament shows lots of ways to work with your child's individual temperament and ways to understand your child and why they do the things they do and how to help them with those struggles. There are samples of all the classes plus an outline for each class on the site at yourvillageonline.com so you can check out all the classes and decide which of them you feel will be most helpful for you and be sure to use the promo code GOODKIDS when you sign up. In our next episode, I'm going to be talking about positive discipline. Obviously, this is the discipline philosophy I use in our home and the one I teach in all the discipline classes. I'll talk about what it is, why it's important, and how it actually helps us to raise really amazing kids along with some tips for implementing it and getting started, of course. If you have a question, please be sure to send it to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. And to see what episodes we have coming, go to yourvillageonline.com slash podcast. And if you're really enjoying what you're hearing, I would really appreciate a review on iTunes as well. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.